Live from Brooklyn Podcasting Studio, it is Stay Busy with your non-contagious, non-problematic boy, Armand Sadler. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Stay Busy with Armand Sadler, where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture. We bring in some cool people, and we have some fun and some jokes. I am Armand Sadler, uh, the host, head honcho, Three Mile Monday Poppy, Vegan Chorizo Poppy. Um, what else? I've got a bunch of nicknames, whatever. Um, I'm here with... DJ Broadcast. There we go. That's yeah. that's me, too. I'm here with my boy, the usual, the man himself. What's Nick up, y'all? Early. Nick Early. Co-host and executive producer of the podcast. We got a very, very, very special guest in the building today. Very good friend of mine. I, I, I think I say this about everyone who I end up bringing on the show, but we met through Twitter. Um, and <laughs> mixy on Twitter. I am very mixy on Twitter, <laughs> but hey, it's a great place to network. It is. Like you meet some awesome people. Um, this person, you know, she's helped me a lot uh, throughout my 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 pursuits in music. Um, great ear, just super nice, super supportive. Really grinding, um, really impressed with everything she's doing. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the amazing Tori McHugh here. Shout Woo! out, Tori. Woo! Oh, yes. We love these drops. Look. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the show. Yeah. How's it feel to be here? It's dope. I mean, I think it's this is my first time speaking on a podcast. Wow. Yes. So, we love Yay. So super exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could say the same thing about you. Like, you're literally Twitter. I meet a lot of people <laughs> in the industry, like on Twitter, just. Yeah. Because you could really see what people's where people's head is at. Like yeah. you know, IG is like you people look fire, but like the first yeah. thing you notice once you're in the industry is like you see all the people who look cool on IG, and you're like, mm, I, don't know if I would choose to work with you. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Mm-hmm. No, I feel you. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you for joining us. We're gonna yeah. have a very very fun day. Mm-hmm. Want to give a big shout out to anyone who is tuning in, new listeners, returning listeners, regardless of whether you like Purell or Germ X, Lysol or Clorox, <laughs> drums or flats. <laughs> Sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie, Confessions 1 or Confessions 2 or Confessions 3. Two. Oh, we um, haven't heard three yet. Well, All yeah, the way. We, we, we just heard, heard a little snippet. Slight, yeah, that's you're, snippet right. A you're right. Tory Lanez or Drake Controller. Which which one do you like? Drake. Drake Controller. Okay, Thank you. cool, cool. Thank you. Well, we appreciate you. <laughs> uh, PS4 or Xbox. I want to give a big shout out to our videographer, Malik, who is joining us again. Yeah, Malik. The man, Malik, Malik. on the lens. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Malik. With the drops. Um... I want to give a big shout out to our distribution platform, Anchor. If you do not know, Anchor will distribute your podcast for free to any of the platforms you would like to use. And you can get some sponsored ads regardless of your listenership. And, of course, Brooklyn Podcasting Studio and Josh on the board. We can hit a drop for that. Yeah. We can hit a drop yeah. for that. Yeah. Yes, sir. DJ Josh in the mix. All right. Let's chat. Let us chat. What are we chatting about so this week? So, first off, for the chat, we're just going to tell the viewers and the listeners. Oh, yeah. 
with this little disease going around, uh, we just decided that we should do some episodes in advance. So we're giving you these episodes. Maybe they may come out of a time where things may be different in the world. So mm-hmm. we're just going to say that now. So um, based on what when we were filming today, Donald Glover did a little album streaming thing. That he did. And he did. I'm excited. About we, it. We, we, we got listen- to hear a little bit of it. It was sounding good. It was sounding good. He hasn't yeah. he hasn't released in in some time, like a couple singles over the last couple of years. So um, it's good to hear from Donald again. Uh, I, I, I can't him. wait to fully listen to the project. Um, By the time this comes out, hopefully Donald, you dropped the full project so we can listen on streaming. Mm. I got to see him live, uh, Broccoli City last year. He was super dope. He was a really. What does he like so. live? Just like he's like. Uh, you remember the uh, the uh, this is America video where he's uh-huh. like dancing, moving like he was literally just doing that he's like the that. whole time. It was <laughs> it was so it's just so interesting. I was at that show too, really? and yeah, That's yeah, crazy. I was, and it was like crazy because like I think a lot of people don't expect that much of production mm-hmm. at Broccoli City specifically because it's a like very festival vibe, yeah. like you know. Um, but he like put just as much production into that performance as he did at Coachella mm-hmm. at Lala. So I think that an artist who is intentional in that way is incredible like the lasers were still there like he had this cool laser that looks like it's a hazy heat in the heat like it was amazing wait i is that when he does this is america um, i'm forgetting feels that. like summer okay he mm-hmm. has like that i think um but yeah but he i mean there's lasers around the whole show yeah and like the little pedestal where he mm-hmm. kind of like creeps into That's the dope. audience he definitely cool. put the most effort into his set like of anyone else yeah, and that I, was dope to see i totally forgot I was when I was working in TV or I was was working at the studio. I was at SNL when he debuted um, his episode. When he debuted, uh, this is America. I was crazy. there. Wow. How am I? I don't know how I forget. I'm asking, <laughs> so what is it like live? It feels you like you know better than me. It feels like so long ago though. It, it really does. That's why I forgot. It was unbelievable. Like he he. It was just a start to the episode. Like everyone came out for that. Um, and his performances were just so like I was just shocked. Everyone was just zoomed in, zoned in on whatever what he was doing. Yeah. So we love you, Donald. Yeah, please do your thing. All right, drop uh, the album. <laughs> <laughs> drop the album. Uh, Triller. We found out. <laughs> we found out. Triller. You know, a lot of people are responding to this this coronavirus differently. There's hysteria. There's panic. The grocery shelves have been emptied. There are people who are going out and saying, screw it. I'm just going to get drunk anyways. I don't know who would do such a thing. It was me. Um, but, in Brooklyn. And, in Brooklyn. Pretty much all of Brooklyn yesterday. Yep. Oh, my yep. God. Yeah, I mean, granted, it was a, it's a really nice day. So, like, you know, why not go out? But some people on Triller are deciding to make a challenge of it. Um, Tori actually let us know that she got a push notification from Triller about the Corona challenge. Do you want, you want to tell us some more about it? Did, did you do the Corona challenge? No, I, no. I haven't done any of the challenges because I'm more like, you know, BTS vibes. <laughs> gotcha, but, gotcha. but yeah, I got like a Triller not- a push notification um, and just some background. I worked in digital marketing. That's like a lot of my background. So I obviously like pay attention specifically. And I saw that there was a Corona challenge oh from an artist gosh. named Lil Nix. And I think it's just very, it was, I mean, I was impressed at how many people did it in the, in like a thousand, I think 1.3 K in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Triller just taking it to the next level as always. Definitely, uh, Forced to watch out for. I mean, take to watch out TikTok. Right. People just people just make finger any, on the pulse. Anything, anything. I mean, hey, a Corona challenge. I, I love Lysol it. challenge coming next. We gotta laugh about it. Clorox you know, challenge. If, if, if this is if we're all doomed, then we might as well enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> all right. 
All right. So, Tori, I have a question as a music industry person. Are leaks truly leaks or are they more strategic, say, strategic and planned? Like some of them leaks happen and then the album happens very much shortly right after. Uh, but what are your opinions on leaks? If you can give us anything. I mean, I think that it's both like, you know, they're okay. definitely it's kind of, it's like a vague thing. I mean, there's totally ones that are true leaks because I've seen it happen. I've worked oh, on wow. projects where it was definitely like, oh, my God. Like, but what's interesting is now people don't download music anymore. Like, that's not the, the means of um, consumption. Everyone right. prefers the ease of Spotify, Apple title. Um, any any DSP, so it's definitely d- a different place. But it's tra- some of it could be strategic, some mm-hmm. of it is truly like. But like at the same time, like it definitely doesn't pack as much of a punch as it did like in twenty like twelve or something when yeah, like yeah. what a, Drake's oh, album leaked. Leak. Oh my god! Like <laughs> right. it, let me get that Mediafire link or right. whatever it was. <laughs> what a time. Okay. Beautiful. See, that wasn't that spicy. That was. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of hey, like man. a non-answer. Actually. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like no, both. I feel you. I feel yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. so check. y'all, the half and half for today, I'm sipping on a little bit of ginger tea. Ginger tea, we keep it simple sometimes. But, you know, ginger tea is good for strengthening your immune system, reducing inflammation, relieves, uh, relieves nausea. You know, like when your grandma, your stomach goes hurt when you were seven, your grandma say, go get some ginger ale. There was actually some scientific evidence behind that. I told you, ginger ale is medicine. Yeah, so typically, y'all, you know how this half and half goes. We talk about an article in the music business. Um... Nothing's happening. There's no business. There's music, but there's no business. People aren't doing much but washing their hands and staying out of, you know, out of harm's way. Though. They streaming. are. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I just wanted, I came across this interesting article. Um, it was talking about different ways that you can help support artists in this time because events are being canceled. A lot of indie artists who are booked for these, uh, you know, events like South by Southwest or any other smaller conferences that are opportunities for them to get out and perform. Um, and even smaller shows, indie artists who have booked sh- smaller tours and shows, this is their chance, you know, to make their money because mm-hmm. a lot of people are making money off of that um, now. And so with all the cancellations, that's a lot. It's hurting everyone's bag, like we said before. Um, so there's a lot of ways that you can help artists. You know, of course, you can still go on their sites and buy merch. I know everyone's you know holding to their money right now. But if the, it comes to a situation where you want to support an artist, support them with Patreon, support them with buying their, their merch, buying a digital downloads of their stuff. Um, you know, there's there's more active ways that we can get involved with supporting each other in the in the music culture, especially those artists who are going to feel it the most, the indie artists. So, yeah, that's that's my half and half for today, y'all. Yeah, okay, support Moving. each other. Let's do it. That's, that's what it's all about. Moving right along into the employee of the week. This week we are shouting out Kiera Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Kiera. Um, she's awesome. Also met her on Twitter. Um, she's a creative producer at Westbrook uh, Productions, uh, former producer at Genius, former video producer at BuzzFeed, former writer's assistant at Netflix, and she's interned at BT and iHeartRadio. I've heard of them. Yeah, so she keys a little busy, um, but she's she's super dope. Um, re- also, one of those people who really shares her resources, you know, putting out gems on Twitter for moving in the professional world and networking, and you know, just always willing to collaborate with people. I'm looking forward to when she can make it out to to. Uh, New York and we can have her on on the podcast. So yeah, shout out to Kiara Williams. Yes, Kiara. Okay. 
It is time. That song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. Living in the day. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Time to slide. Um. So yes, it is Stay Busy Women's History Month, as you all know. Slide deck. Women are employee of the week. Women. Everything is for the women. So we're gonna start with our guest. What did you bring for us to play? So I brought Doja Cat's Wine Pon You, featuring Conscience, and. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite songs on Amala, so. Cool. Let's get into it. song makes it one of your your favorites from Amala? Um, so, I mean, I think it really showcases her um, kind of diversity of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially in that album Amala, it was kind of, it came out tw- last year or 2018, and mm-hmm. um, it, was, it was before the Moo Challenge, so she kind of put it out there, and um, some of the songs, like Candy and everything, have, like, transitioned into 2020, like, it, yeah. through TikTok and all of that. But this is one of the songs that really, like, she t- definitely tapped into, like, you know, it features Conscience, huge artists mm. in, the, in the whole kind of reggae, like, scene. So I think it shows that she's more than just, like, these kind of, she's more than rap. She kinda, mm-hmm. I mean, she's always been. She's, like, singing sometimes. Sometimes she's rapping. Now yeah. she's, like, talking about, like, kind of just vibing out with mm-hmm. your dude, I guess. Yeah. yeah or no, a dude, sure. not your dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be yours, you know. You never know. <laughs> Who was that produced by? Uh, that was produced by Yeti Beats. Shout out Yeti, Yeti Beats. Beats. Yeah, that's that's a dope, dope, dope. Uh, it's like a lot of, it's one of those like open open records, a lot of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Love space. All right, what'd you bring for us, brother? I have an amazing artist. Uh, her name is Sudan Archives. This is Glorious by Sudan Archives. Okay. Produced by Sudan. <laughs> Mama smells at your soul. The 
That's hard. Where, where'd you find this? Well, who's this? Yeah. Who's this? <laughs> where, where, where I'm you, you this? So and that sounded like the remix or something like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't I remember the rapping in it. I ain't heard the song in a minute. Mm. But yeah, Sudan Archive, she's a dope, dope artist. Um she's from I think Cincinnati originally. Um, but now she's she signed to Stone's Throw, which is like people it's it's like a smaller in, uh, label out in LA. Um and they had like artists like Jay Dillow was on their roster, artists like Kiefer, Jamel Dean, who I actually knew a long time ago. Uh, more like jazz artists, like jazz uh, instrumentalists, uh, like producers who make beats, like you know, lo-fi stuff. Um, and so I, I don't know, I, I think I just stumbled upon her stuff like on Spotify. I was like really searching, I'm like I need some new stuff, mm-hmm. and I found um, her album Athena. And what immediately captured me about her sound is that it low-key when you listen to it, it sounds like hip hop classical because mm. she plays violin mm-hmm. and she's a vocalist she sings but she makes like there's beats like you heard that it's like, is a, beat. like a bagpipe in there too or something? no so that's so interesting thing i was reading more about her um because typically we hear violins we hear it in a very like beautiful and elegant way um and her name sudan archives comes from when she was learning how to play violin she had stumbled upon the way they play violin uh sudanese fiddlers in mm-hmm. in sudan east africa um, and she got inspired by the way they play it and the way they approach it. So uh, she started listening to a lot of that music, and so that was inspired her uh, approach to the instrument. So the way it sounds is a li- it's a little different approach from what we typically hear violin. Mm-hmm. And then she mixed it with how would this sound with like, electronic, folk, mm-hmm. hip hop, um, and classical. So it's like I just love her sound. I think yeah. it's just so interesting. Nah, that was so. dope. I'm it's definitely like, yeah. so like just energetic. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Exactly, it, exactly. Like, and you listen to her more of her music. It, it has a lot of the energy. So check out Sudan Archives. That was produced by her and is uh, and Will Archer. Mm-hmm. Uh, finishing off, I got "Story of Us" by Tanache. Yeah. I love Tanache. She's great. 
she's it's so great to see her flourish and like doing her thing now yeah. like you know if, if if you look at the credits for for this record written by Tanache the copyright Tanache Music Incorporated like she's she's doing her own thing like it's really dope you know she's stepping out making great music and I think you know when you're at the place where you can make the stuff you want to make you know obviously it, it, this just sounds like the type of music she's happy happy putting out so yeah I love this record the Come beat a long is dope way from two on yeah that beat was crazy yeah I mean two on was <laughs> produced that yeah, uh, that is. Produced it was good for the time. By, yeah, time, very timely. Produced by uh, Am- Oz, 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 and Ambeza. Ounce, Oz, 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 Ey, and Embeza. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was so. like, is it uh, Ounce, Oz? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know <laughs> One of the two. We can say Shout out own. whoever produced that beat. Yeah. That joint is crazy. And real, she floated. Yeah, she killed that. I love that record. Yeah. <laughs> she had a flutter. Yeah, we're going to have to listen to that on the way home. Um, so yeah, if you want to hear these slides and other slides, our slide deck playlist is live on all all platforms. Of course, send us some, and if they hot, we'll play them. Are you ready for the board meeting, friends? I live for yes. board meetings. All right. So as I said, we got our good friend Tori here. So we want to talk to her, learn about what she's uh, done, her her rise in the industry, and her thoughts on various things that are happening aside from the coronavirus we're going to talk about other things too friends i promise i promise okay you can't speak about your timeline though. right right right, right, right. exactly right. exactly um so yeah let's jump right into it man um so you have an interesting uh path you like many of our guests syracuse university um uh, yes. <laughs> you're actually our our fourth Fourth guest to come from Cuse. We had we had Yano, Regina, right. y- Imaris, and now you. So yeah. Wow, we're really out here. You are. I mean, That's you are. literally. I guess if you want to be in entertainment, just go to Syracuse. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's the place to be. So what what made you actually choose Cuse as your as your school? Um, well, I actually went to American University in D.C. my freshman year. Okay. I always knew I wanted to be in entertainment, but my family is very, um, you know they they wanted me to be in. And work at JP Morgan or something more mm-hmm. like straight and narrow path because you know entertainment is a scary industry like you yeah. know only the strong survive right. um, stay stay there for a year and I was like I just don't I don't want to work in DC like every all of my peers there were like trying to work in Congress mm, yeah, and all exactly. that shit so I was like uh let me like try and I had already gotten into Syracuse so it was actually a seamless like transition they're oh, like fire. oh you already got in like <laughs> six months ago just come in six months from now so I did transfer um, and that was kind of where I was able to really it was the best decision I could have made and when you're over there the environment especially if you're someone who's like alert and you kind of like know what you want it's really easy to be around people who are like that like you know during my time like um, there was people like Regina who who was there and she was a class below me and I actually didn't know her that well but just showing that type of energy of a person who would be your peer there mm-hmm. um, Speedy Mormon was there during mm-hmm. when I was there and he was always like you know doing some type of thing to kind of position him like you know doing different media interview types of things on campus so always everyone was always kind of like positioning themselves for what they're doing now mm-hmm. and that's important went there but I actually when I was there I didn't really do that much music stuff other than interning mm. um, because I was just like wrapped up in like college <laughs> right. to be honest right. but, but yeah so that was that's how I ended up at Cuse um, I, my major was was CRS so I was in v- VPA I was not in Bandier or um, which is the music industry school, or mm-hmm. I wasn't in Newhouse. That was my plan, mm-hmm. but I wow. loved VPA, mm-hmm. which so I st- stayed in it. What is um, VPA? It's visual and performing arts, okay, so it's gotcha. like the art school. But they have like communications in the art school, which is what I did, and I loved it, and mm-hmm. I got to really um, learn about just all the things that would position me for at that time wanting to be a writer. 
that's why how I ended up at Complex because I wanted to be a music journalist. I was always like just reading all of this beautiful stuff about and that would like lead me to want to listen to music. So I was like, let me do that. But you'll learn later that I am definitely not a writer. How'd you how'd you like your time at Complex? I loved it. I mean, how I got to Complex was because before I'm from Atlantic City, New Jersey, and I before when I was in college in the summer, um, I would work at there was this casino called Revel that had just opened, mm-hmm. and um, I worked in their box office. And they were like when they first opened, they had a lot of like eyes on them because they had Beyonce a three a three day Beyonce show that oh. was not on the tour, so it was like and it was like covered by HBO, and then they had a two-day Kanye West show as well and during that night when I was working I was kind of like working the guest list and everything and dealing with PR people and then it kind of occurred to me hey like I'm looking at all these people and it's their job to go to a show and write about it I can do that so then that so I I literally remember looking handing like the complex writer his like credentials and being (laughs) like I want to be you one day (laughs) so then literally um a year from then or maybe a year or maybe two years from then once i it was basically my junior year of college i interned at complex loved it it was amazing um i i did like kind of various things i was technically like content because it's content operations Mm. which was like i was there at the time where um they were kind of like um shifting from not shifting but they were trying to do more digital media as well like you know you had like your editorial but you also wanted to start to do like get into like podcasts and like shows and mm-hmm. like interviews and it was really cool because Jesus and Mero were actually filming oh, their show like <laughs> literally during that time so every like Tuesday or Thursday or whenever they were filming like you would like you would definitely know their presence and it was cool because you know now like they're like they're, I don't they're like massive pop, like yeah. um, but they were just the same just like just as like you know on just point with every little thing and it was a really cool time to be there I would say and I learned so much and I also at that time learned that like I was more interested in where media was going than like the editorial part even though I loved and learned everything and I'm still like you know, so all, a lot of my greatest friends are still are writers, right. and people are always like, "You should be, you should just be a publicist." Like, you know, so many writers, and I'm just like, maybe, yeah. who knows? But like, a right side now, back, get, get yeah, the like you know, right now, I just these are writers are people that I admire, some of the smartest people that I know, right. and I like to know them. That's dope. That's dope. Um, what did I want to know? Tell us a little bit about what, what you do right now. So right now I am the international marketing manager at Columbia Records. Okay. And I work <laughs> and I work um a lot of their urban roster, so like the hip hop R and B, um, but definitely not limited. I have a couple of other artists on my roster that are um kind of either in the middle or popish. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm fairly new there. I just, Mm -hmm. it's probably been like three weeks there and I'm, and before I was, um, at Columbia, I was working digital marketing at Def Jam. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like learning a completely different job. I mean, it's definitely like, I worked very closely with international marketing when I was doing digital. Mm -hmm. So it's a transition that's like not that far, but, um, it's cool. I mean, it's definitely a good time to be you know learning even more about a different record label system it's the sony system and the umg and umg are um that are different in many ways but obviously it's a record label so similar similar foundations Um, but yeah yeah, it's it's been great but it's still early for me there so it's gonna be fun what are some misconceptions that you um that were 
like changed upon working at a label like things you might have thought and then you you went in and it's like oh like this is really how it is um i mean i think that like what was great before i entered the record label system i i knew a lot of people who were in it and i've always been pretty like i came from a corporate background like Mm -hmm. before i was doing I was doing the record label system. I was doing two jobs actually. I was doing at night. I was at night and during the day. I was doing concert promoting for Move Forward Music. So mm. shout out to them, oh. like killing it. Mm-hmm. But I was also working um, at Simon and Schuster, which is yeah, the yeah, book yeah. publishing yeah, company yeah, yeah. out of CBS. So that was where I kind of learned, like, because I was project managing instead of like an artist. I was project managing books. So I got to like work on like Gucci Mane, um, the autobiography of Gucci Mane, like. Um, uh, Black Privilege, which is Charlemagne wow. the God's book, but mm. also like various other books, like Hillary Clinton's book and everything, because it works so different then. Like you don't have like one author isn't on your roster. You just work several books. So, okay. so yeah, so that was kind of how I learned the process of like, you know, departments and how like, you know, the workflow between like when you have to, you know, communicate with the art department, you have to communicate with publicity, you have to communicate with um, brand, brand department, you have to communicate with like the actual like person who creates it which is like the author or at least in the book publishing it's like their agent like you rarely ever talk with the actual author mm-hmm. um so um i was able to translate kind of those skills like very similarly to record labels because you know you do have you have to work a lot together and and mm-hmm. i think one of the misconceptions not that i had but that a lot of people have is that it's like a machine because it's not a machine it's a lot of people and people are all different and they you have to kind of you know find the best way to work with them and you know as an artist or a manager I would recommend you building relationships with the people who are touching your record because that way you know what's going on like you know it's hard most of the time when information isn't given to someone it's not intentionally it's because there's a lot of information and maybe someone just didn't button it all together and give it to you and maybe they did and someone just didn't check their email (laughs) (laughs) so it's i think it's like the human aspect of it because it's very record labels are so like people driven wow so i want to talk a little bit more about your time at def jam because you you know you just started at columbia yeah um so what was a typical day looking like for you you know, working in digital marketing when you're there? Um, so it was, it was definitely, every day was different, which is what I liked. I mean, I'm definitely very similar. I like, I prefer structure, but like in music, you can't always guarantee that, especially in hip hop. Mm, it's fast. so, things move so fast and the same, like, you know, sometimes you'll see like certain pop artists and they'll have like their record delivered like months in advance or a year in advance and hip hop like everything is like living in the moment so it's like your plans a lot of times like you know you want to get ahead of everything which was on digital marketing you know we do everything from you know creating or coordinating like the assets like so that's anything that you see online whether it's um uh ig story advertising or anything ad- advertising that's uh, advertising on spotify or advertising anywhere youtube um also making sure that like everything is that the, that there's like a timeline of when every when an artist wants to like tease something or mm-hmm. all that like the social calendar that's part of it but then like nowadays you know digital teams have to really find creative ways to really get eyes on the internet because you know we're competing with more than just music on your timeline like we're competing with netflix we're competing with 
uh, consumer brands like Clorox. Like, you know, you kind of yeah. have to like, you know, get people to pay attention and cut through all that clutter. And that's what uh, is the challenge of digital marketing because things are always changing. When I was like leaving, when I left Def Jam, I was right in the thick of working on a really cool TikTok, very TikTok oriented kind oh. of um, release. And that was um, this artist Cash Page, mm. yeah. who yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, what, like very, still very close with her and her team. And one of the projects that made it very hard for me to leave Def Jam because I was right in the thick of it. And that really showed me the power of TikTok as like a platform, but also how fast you have to react to things as a digital person and line everything up because at the same time, like, you know, you can't just ever rely on just one thing digitally. Like, you know, and a lot for a while, a lot of artists and people did. They were like, if my Instagram game was like, fire then i could just do that yeah, yeah. but like now you really have to have a press a good presence everywhere a consistent presence like instagram has to be great but then you have to also like like make sure your youtube page is set up which is massive which i before i like got into um the digital role i didn't realize how important it is to kind of have a very good take i mean youtube strategy mm-hmm. um and they work very closely with artists and labels to kind of recommend them things but at the same time like that content like has to come from the artists and their team so lining that up I mean it was a lot but I got to work with some crazy artists like as the cash page I worked um, Danny Lay and her campaign was awesome because but I remember like when I first started working on her she was like you know the biggest thing besides like her I get her like the a project that she had to release in the summer was like her kind of going viral during Drake's um, like the Shiggy challenge. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that was kind of what we were going with when we were pitching to various partners and influencers. And oh, yeah, that's a whole other huge <laughs> side, side of digital marketing is influencers. Uh-huh. Um, so. So, yeah, so we, that was all we kind of had to work with. But then like helping her grow her presence and and she is one of the most the smartest people like in terms of everything but also digitally like she is very great like she knows exactly what her fans like to see and what like the world wants to see especially um as it relates to her and her her brand and then her music but like you know just helping to like optimize everything because at the end of the day we're all human and we're not all thinking in all these verticals like you know for us it was like okay like who what does Danny's fan base look like now and who do we want it to look like months from now mapping that out and seeing that like you know I I worked with her for like a year and a half I would say and seeing like the difference from the beginning to like when I left Def Jam was incredible like you know it's just the energy changes too when people talk about an artist at this point they're like oh my god like and and other artists who like reached out to me from other labels or Mm -hmm. management companies saying like you know I love what you're doing doing with with Danny like what like we want to do that with the XYZ artist. <laughs> well, yeah, or like, it was more like, we want to do that with XYZ artists. Like, how did you guys do that? Mm-hmm. And like, it was more like, you know, Danny did that and yeah. it was us like doing what we can and reacting to support, to support it. Yeah. Um, and, that's cool because you know these are artists that like I remember like if you scroll all the way back to my Google Docs I'd be like I want her to be like in conversations like with XYZ artists and it's funny because like I look back some of the artists I'm like oh my god she's so much further ahead than them wow, like you know that's and crazy. that's cool to see like I yeah. like literally I won't name that artist but like it's cool to like see like damn like 
you can like you know th that's the truest form of artist development like when you see that in a year and a half how how important is it that the driving force for like knowing what their audience wants comes from the artist i mean there's labels have built out the entire departments to do that to literally like focus on the the artist's audience but how important is it for the artist to be kind of aware of what they're doing as themselves um i think it's very important i think that like you the thing that why it's so important for a lot of it to come from the artist themselves or at least like a good part of it is because everything is moving so fast and like inform it's hard to really like translate information as it goes like you mm -hmm. know as a digital person you know i could like and we did we do do this like you look on twitter and like recommend artists to like hey you should like ha you should i don't know respond to this tweet because i feel like you might have an interesting like thing to say about this thread that's going on but like in that time that like you're asking, you're like asking the manager or you're asking them then like it could be and like they didn't haven't even thought about like what they're trying to say yeah. yet so it's like if an artist is like forward thinking and they just react and you know all of the big artists who are huge on you know on social media and digital and tiktok are people who you know like aren't waiting for someone to like tell them to do something you know yeah like and, and a lot of times that's a process that's learned over time. Like you don't like come out of like um, wherever and just like are like, okay, I'm going to be an amazing. And sometimes you do like Lil Nas X, an example of someone who just got it from the jump and that's how everything panned out for him. Um, I didn't work on him or anything. This is just perception yeah, from right, like right, seeing right. him. Um, but, and someone like Doja Cat as well, someone very like, you know, she's just very alert and aware of her presence in social media and and meg the stallion as, as well yeah. like you know the baby like like all these people that even like blew up this year are people who really you know are forward thinking about things and then on t and then you have people to support it like like imagine yeah. how stronger that army is versus someone who's just waiting. Mm. And those people that you said have such you know like strong armies. Like yeah, you like you'll have like you know I I would say that a lot of times p artists like they go to a record label or any type of like production deal or management or something, thinking that that's where they're gonna get all like the information or right. all this the just. But that's the nightmare, right? When you hear stereotypical like stories of like artists and label, it's always like the label asked the artist to be someone who they're not, and like you know, people wrote songs about like Pink like wrote a song about that in <laughs> yeah. the two thousand. So, yeah. like that's what you don't want, really. You kind of want the artist to like come to the table with like an idea, and it then helps. we just yeah. make it better. Exactly. So you're the, you are. Um... I, I think at one point your Twitter bar said you were like the queen of SOBs or something like that. Or like you're oh, always yeah. at SOBs. Oh yeah. <laughs> what's what's bit what's the best show you've you've attended or who's put on the best show for you? I'm sure you've seen at SOBs or just in general. But uh, SOBs and, and one of your favorites yeah. do. Um, I'll I'm, I'll limit it to SOBs because okay. like I love SOBs, but New York City for some reason like loves to not love it. I don't get it. I, I, I know SOBs. it's legendary. I've like it really is. It's amazing. Um, but the reason why I was there was because I used to like work for Move Forward Music, yeah. and I was there every night doing like you probably if you ever saw I was doing the guest list. Some nights I was like physically selling tickets. Some <laughs> nights I was just doing everything. But I would say like we did Rico Nasty show there. Mm. Amazing. That was the second show that we did for her, and like just to 
to see like again like we did our first show at baby's all right it was like you know it was maybe halfway full Mm -hmm. but she still like put on a crazy show but then uh, like a year later she did like she sold that shit out so so fast um and the audience was so engaged like it was it was a party um and then I'll say Gunna was like a crazy show because like <laughs> it was like it was just like one you know like when people talk about like certain shows being like a zoo like it literally was like I swear people were hanging off like <laughs> like I don't know that little like elevated pole thing yeah, um and I saw I've seen some I mean I saw Khalid at SOBs which is like mm. just so Whoa. interesting to think about when was that which was it was like right when location like just this location oh, like, just he had a couple of other songs but um yeah it was pretty long ago and um i've seen so many i could mm. like name like a ton mm. but i see those like were the hi- i mean DeBaby was fire too mm. but like that was just it feels like it was just yesterday so for those who don't know can you tell them what move forward music is so move forward music is a promoter here in new york and it's the it's probably like the biggest or the, and the longest and one of the few hip hop pr- like centric promoters here in New York. So we did um, it's run by this dude, Alex Aldi. Shout out to him. You'll always see him at the shows. But um, he so it does like a lot of artists first shows either at like you'll find us at like babies at um at Rough Trade in Brooklyn, at SOBs. Um, Anytime that you, like, have seen an artist for the first time, nine times out of ten, it was probably them. Um, Like, they also did, like, Juice World's first show at Elsewhere, Playboy Cardi, and those were all shows that I worked at at, and were, like, pretty wild to, like, look back and (laughs) be like, oh, damn, like, look crazy how, like, like, just how huge they grew like in a short amount of time yeah. which is why i think it's valuable to actually still go to shows no oh, matter absolutely. what part of the industry you work at like you know i went because i mean i always was someone who liked to go to shows but like i had to go to shows like every like several times a night and then wake up and have to go to my nine to five in the morning and mm. do that but i'm thankful for it because you know you really get to see what audiences look like in real life yeah, and i'm yeah. and i'm a true and i still stand by like ticket sales are like the biggest way you can gauge like an artist's like stardom yeah. the trajectory of it because you know if you if you have a song that goes viral but you can't get fans to like go to uh, your show yeah. then that's such a low it's it means that you're a low kind of commitment to them but like you know Rico Nasty huge example like she's definitely not at her peak at all but like she, she has a, a ways to go and which is great but she's her pace is perfect and like being able to like blow out like SOBs and have that engage of an audience like those people are gonna tell their friends about that mm-hmm. go to your next show buy all your stuff like right. you know so so yeah go to shows everyone not now though because there aren't any <laughs> <laughs> um so how you know having worked at labels having more accurate information of things that are going on how frustrating is it <laughs> scrolling through twitter sometimes and seeing you know people speculating and creating narratives and just assuming like oh Def Jam did this or this label did this like how how frustrating is that for you if at all I mean it's it's a lot of times it's like funny because it's like and I think it's like like, you know like like what actually happened and it's a lot more like just regular Mm -hmm. than like it it might make it seem like but um sometimes it could be frustrating like Mm -hmm. depending like there are days like you know that you're looking at something you're like that's just like so wrong and Mm -hmm. you're not even taking into consideration like xyz Mm -hmm. so you know the internet is what it is a lot of the time a lot of the times like it's it's funny though because you're just like 
like it would be nice if that's if it was just like I don't know watching Empire like right, right, <laughs> like, right. I feel like some people view it like that it's like this isn't 1999 like <laughs> like but sometimes but it's funny because there are sometimes like like record label systems seem just like the movies too like are some such or even like working i mean in like in and around the music industry and yeah. you go to like some listening party and you're like yo this is such a character of hip-hop right now right. Like, like when i went to rolling loud that was one of those moments i was like this is the most hip-hop thing i've ever like yeah. just like not only was it like you know you just see it's like instagram threw up like on right in front of you <laughs> and anything you've ever seen regarding hip-hop is right in front of you but then like i saw like gucci Mane like in his fleet of like red and black Lamborghinis with like oh Keisha, like God. it was like like in like as if it was a parade and like the chains and he looked and with his product manager like being like right. kind of like coaching him on the right. side, like it was like really cool and and it I definitely encourage anyone to go to Rolling Loud because you you also get to see like you know the fans like yeah. you, you get to see how young a lot of them are yeah. but then you see some random ones like it makes the internet like it makes all the craziness on the internet kind of make sense because like okay right. these are the people it shows you that some of those stereotypes are like kind of rooted in fact or in, yeah. in some sort of way they can, <laughs> yeah, they like, can materialize in it's person exactly like yeah. it's crazy because like you know one of the things that's so interesting about like once i like got into the music industry is the whole like asking for bands and like credentials and stuff and mm -hmm. finessing into like shows and <laughs> You know, Rolling Loud is like was one of the shows that was like very hard to like finesse your way into, yeah. like and just kind of like seeing that in person. But then like there was a there was um like a thunderstorm or light a lightning mm -hmm. storm, so they had to like shut down um just all the things to keep everyone safe. Like you have to like get shelter and everything. It was so dramatic because like, right. in the middle of Rolling Loud, and then like I guess like during that point, like the security also had to like mm -hmm. get. Um, had to take shelter so my friend literally is a photographer and he like snuck in and I was like yeah mm -hmm. I was like yo you found your way to sneak to finesse your way into rolling that like look at dope. God right so I'm going to go back a little bit to what you said something that was really interesting about uh, digital marketing and how you kind of have to be consistent across the different verticals different platforms when I say that for listeners I mean across you know YouTube across Instagram across TikTok Twitter so on and so forth so for independent artists or artists who are kind of doing it all themselves, who may have a great product, great music and everything, but are just finding, trying to have a balance between how where to spend their time. And I think for me as an artist, that's uh, as an independent artist, I find myself trying to figure out where do I spend most of my time and how do I develop content on each unique thing? Because each different platform kind of has a niche of content that you have to kind of produce, at least from what I can understand. Um you know, IG is is the main one. A lot of ways, YouTube is very straightforward, which you can produce. But like Twitter is mostly your thoughts and mm -hmm. you know, showing who you are as an artist. And then TikTok is kind of a new thing. Um, it's like how how what are some best practices that you would give to upcoming artists to how to manage where to place their time when it comes to putting out content across different platforms? I mean, I mean, I think like the first thing is like you can cross like cross. Um, post wh where you can like certain places you can cross post like um, Instagram and TikTok and Triller and even Twitter arguably like you see like so many of those like challenges popping up on your Twitter timeline mm -hmm. too so I think definitely take advantage of that like that at the bare minimum do that cross so that post, way yeah. um, you don't know where your fans what your fans favorite like platform is so you want to make sure that if they're searching for you like if they discover you wherever if they're searching for you that there's something there like yeah. that's, that's the like bottom line is like just 
just have all the bases covered. You don't even ha- you don't have to like update your Facebook every day, but like you know, it's very easy to like just connect it to your Instagram mm-hmm. and like you at least have something there. So that way, people can maybe link to your Instagram. Like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. well, I'll go there. Um, but I would say that like you know, look at the climate and whatever type of music that you make. Where does it live in the best way? Okay, like you know, artists that are in and that are super like either hip hop hip hop or like sound cloudy or something like the trillers and the tiktoks have been huge platforms for yeah. other artists so i would be like you know so then now you have like you have Insta- instagram's kind of like i feel like the default like most people have it mm-hmm. so you have whatever you're doing on ig and you should post on your ig story every day like that's like multiple times a day and then you know a good practice is maybe like on your feed once a day but definitely don't overpost on your feed yeah keep all of your like thoughts and whatever to your ig to story, story yeah. um and make sure it's super active there but then you know you, whatever you have on t- on tiktok and trailer definitely like take advantage of that right now because you know who knows what the next you know kind of big platform is but right now like you know songs are blowing up on tiktok and people are getting record deals mm-hmm. here and there so if that's something that you want um if you th- then th- look, look at it that way or at least just eyes like you know yeah like yeah like i would say and then youtube don't ignore youtube too so like youtube like changes because a lot of I think a lot of people's perceptions originally were like, this is where I just put my music videos okay. or my most premium content. Mm. But um, now it's it's actually the way the algorithm works. It's it's in your benefit to post regularly, even if it's short form content. Okay. Um, and that's something that like you, you that YouTube directly will tell you. Like if they, mm. I think they should, they have like an artist relations like team. And uh-huh. I'm sure that if you reach out, they could answer those types of questions. But yeah, now the algorithm works like after like, I think it was like 50 or 60 days, your song like gets less likely to be put in the algorithm because of time, which is why it's in your benefit to continue to like either p- release music videos more often or, um, put other types of content whether it's like like vlogging bts lyric videos like lyric videos is huge um also huge like tip which is like a lot of people a lot of artists don't like to hear it but limit any any like intros or like speaking points in your music videos because Mm -hmm. that will like that doesn't do well in the algorithm people will skip it and then it won't be playlisted and all that stuff oh, wow. because you know imagine like you know a lot of people not everyone listens to their music on spotify and apple music some people like live by by a youtube playlist yeah. i know because my mom does wow. and like if you're like listening to a youtube playlist like while you're cleaning or your mom is or whatever as soon as someone starts talking you're like oh no this is fucking up my mind <laughs> right, 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 i'm gonna right, press right. skip like yeah. so a lot of people want to like do a super creative cinematic music video uh-huh. but be mindful that like you either put two versions of the video out or you cut you just right. cut this talking wow, part but yeah it's, it's interesting because you have to like think about all people's behaviors on the app like it's it, do, it becomes like it's not just about you and your art it's how can i make this art or fit the medium mm-hmm. and just being mindful like that like if you don't have anything crazy to say on twitter or if like you're prone to like saying negative things on twitter (laughs) maybe that's not the the platform that you like you know Mm, focus on but you just have to have something there like Mm. you know so so yeah i guess that's that's my tip like really just Mm -hmm. know what you do and where your music fits on the platform and drill down on that one and just keep it like light but still still present on others now an addendum to that how would you suggest that certain artists go about finding 
an audience or building an audience through digital? Um, I would say interacting with the people who do show up. Like, you know, those fans who are like, you know, even if you have like 50 fans and that's all, but they're listening to your music every day, get to know them and super serve those fans and every fan that comes along. Because I think that that's, you know, it's you have to have that relationship with their fans so you know who they are. And I think that, and you can't just, every fan matters at that stage. Like, you know, and I think that as, and then a lot of the artists who are like, you know, going to be set for life, even if they stopped like really like doing as well as they are doing now in music, they'll be fine because they have that loyal fan base. Like loyal fan bases don't just come by accident. Like, you know, Taylor Swift doesn't get people to buy five versions of her (laughs) album because she was, like she like and even like artists like Ariana Grande, they still like talk to their fans in the DMs. Like you know, it's a conversation. And you know, some artists I've I've seen like several having fans on their teams eventually because wow. that's fans who like you know who that's a person who knows your audience even more even more than most people because they were that audience. So I think it's just really caring about them and even when it's small and thinking of how you what you can do what would these 50 people want to see do you think they would want to see a bts video i think that they they might be they're really interested in my process so you know stuff like that you just got a trial and error too right yeah i mean (laughs) it's kind of like you know when you go to a concert and you see like five people showed up right five people bought tickets if like the artist i always respect the artists who still like put on that show that yes. like w- like that a thousand ticket show or even like a 500 cap show type of vibe like because you know p- those two people or five people whoever need to leave that place feeling better about that yes, like yeah. you know and and they'll leave it like yo that's that show was fire yeah, and then yeah, they yeah, leave yeah. and then like it's and you and also builds good habits too okay, yeah. and i think that that's also important is as an artist building good habits and you know just being a like a good you know just like it's good showmanship i guess is yeah. kind of what what it is and being a good sport about it gotta all it. gotta have a good show regardless of how many pets sure. in the room yeah you never know who knows who why not that one person could bring you 10 could bring you five, yeah. whatever it is right? and it's like crazy because you do still see artists who have huge like like groups of like huge like um venues filled and they don't put on a good show still and that's because i think they didn't really do the legwork that they needed and and granted like a lot of them feel like they didn't have to Mm -hmm. but like god forbid like anything happens or they fall off or something like that you think someone's gonna want to like pay to see that show unless there was like crazy hits if you have hits like you know to be honest the the true like key to everything is just have hits yeah I mean, Everything fixes itself. Facts, right, right. <laughs> and I think a good example of that, what you're saying, is like no matter the size of the audience, putting on a good show is when we were at uh, Twitter for that event for mm-hmm. Gold Link when he did the he he did like an unplugged um, for Twitter Blackbirds did like an unplugged version of songs that didn't make uh, Diaspora, mm-hmm. and even then, I mean, me, me and him left. We're just like, dude, he smoked that. Yeah. Like he smoked that, and those those didn't even make the album. Yeah, like, it was just crazy. It was a room of like 50 people, maybe. Yeah. Like, but. It's like also like I would say a big thing is doing those types of events mm-hmm. like, you know, that Intimate aren't points, yeah. exactly like, you know, who knows, like they're not necessarily I think a lot of artists specifically in hip hop are, you know, they get a lot of paid opportunities and they get a lot of money at some opportunities. But that and that makes the opportunities that aren't like either paid or whatever mm-hmm. don't that makes them not sound as good. But I would say like, you know, in your early stages, do all the opportunities because that's all an opportunity to get more fans like you know and like you know that was like you know 
a bit ago, like Goldenk has come a lot a long way since then as well, and mm-hmm. he's still like you know despite like like anything like people are still gonna remember that moment and be like hey like I'm gonna buy I'm gonna stream his album like I I know what to expect from him right. and you'll go see a show again yeah exactly absolutely which exactly. is he's like honestly one of the best like I like for a while like saw. Just I went to like probably almost every tour date, yeah. <laughs> at least on the East Coast, yeah. and I never got sick of it. Like yeah, I was like, this dope. is lit. Like he right. no, this man is is just a star. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Um, <clears throat> that's I think a good uh, closeout question. You know, obviously you're you've had some really really dope roles, but uh, what are some some things left for you that you feel uh, you would like to accomplish within the industry? Any any other roles you want to have? Any you know creative things you want to get started just you know what's what's left for tori i would say you're still young i know (laughs) yeah like i would say like i want to really aside from like really wanting to get to to know um my job on the international side i think now musically you have to be as international as ever you Mm -hmm. can't just limit your scope to the u.s um and now and and for a while like in hip-hop and r&b you kind of like it was like limited to just the US based on just like access, like, you know, but now like because of streaming and the internet and just like the demand, like, you know, hip hop is pop culture now and and that's reflected throughout the world. So really getting to know that the ins and outs of it, all the different um, markets that I'm working with and how the music moves over there, that's kind of like the first thing I wanna do. But then like aside from like my direct job, I always wanted to like, write a treatment for a music video and actually like it become a music video so that so that because i used to do that for fun when i was a kid so i'm like "Mm, i could like probably still do that so (laughs) that's something i want to do i haven't like done anything to like start that so that's sitting there you started (laughs) so and then the other thing that i've like kind of dibbled and dabbled wanting to get into is management Mm. so managing an artist what kind of artist um I would want to manage a woman artist uh-huh. just because I think that there's not enough women working with women, okay. especially in the artist man. Oh, okay. There, are, there totally are a, like a great artist managers who are women, but I think there's always room for more. Right. So, and the, our perspective is really like the leading perspective, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. you know of you know literally music. Like yeah, I, ever literally. since I heard that in that like. Um, when Kendrick Lamar like is a buried interlude or something when he's like talking to in in Drake and take care mm. he's like women be the tastemakers of everything yeah. and I was, yeah. I was like you're right if women don't like it, it it's not going anywhere yeah like go. so that's so I'm just like you know we need more women in those spaces which is also like you know an overarching thing about my whole like goal as a woman in mm-hmm. the music industry is to kind of like have a seat at that the big tables and i've had a seat at several tables and i'm like damn how did i get here like <laughs> you know which is cool but it's just like you know making an impact at every table that you're in and not being afraid to speak your mind and like you know and working at def jam really helped me to do that because you know where it's such a family oriented company and nice. i had such a great time there and i was able to really leave leave there feeling great about myself feeling great about the people that like taught me everything there and um and yeah so like that's kind of like how i like look into like my next role in the future is really just being realizing that i'm there because people value what i bring to the table right. and just really Bringing everything to the table. Yes, we it's love that. Nice. We yes. love to hear that. You're gonna make all those things happen. We we see it. We We're see it. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank yes, you for joining sorry. us again. This is Tori McHugh, again. everyone. Yes. 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 yes.
Yeah. Um, so let's jump into this bulletin board. Um, we don't have anything for you all. <laughs> there are no shows to go to. Everything's canceled. So just wash your hands, sanitize, and moisturize because there ain't no events outside. Facts. That said, I am Armand Sadler. I am the host of this podcast. This is my EP, Nick Early, the man. We had Tori join us. She's amazing. Shout out to Tori once again. Shout out to Twitter. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. This is Tori's first podcast. She smoked she, it. She, she sounds smoked like it. a natural. Sounds I know. Like a natural. I think it's just because, like, you also work in music. You like to hear yourself talk. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I, 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 you killed it. So, ladies and gentlemen, you need to stay safe, stay humble, and stay busy. Podcast in the city, y'all mind Nick Gurley with the flex, stay busy. Topic after topic, conversation, stay litty, keep it witty, no witty, stay out, jiggy, get gritty, stay ripped. Six lines, busy, get involved. All you little other podcasters getting cross, get lost, like trying to go crawl, fur, or trying to run a cover like moss, burn. Stay busy, nigga, arm dedicated. Crawling your grass, so you know they educated. Killing every episode, I know the haters hate it, but they love it on the low, it's confused admiration. We live right now, Ray J on the line with it. This podcast, straight up, Trevor Scott Lynn. The shortest son of episode I might hit, but I left the arm red once I watched it. You know the boy clean. I ain't washed up Levels crew with me Get involved, bro My guys know the music They are not slow So get situated With this hot show No, we stay busy 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 No, we stay busy